The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Total Career Success with Ken and Cheryl Dawson. The mission of this radio show is to enable every listener to achieve their career aspirations and advance their careers to achieve their potential and meet their financial goals. Now, here are your hosts, Ken and Cheryl Dawson. Welcome, Ken and Cheryl here, and we're with Tammy Erickson, workforce consultant and author of Plugged In. We're going to be talking about Generation Y at work today. And this is the third in a trilogy of interviews that we've had with Tammy on the Generations at Work. Earlier in the year, we talked with Tammy about the baby boomer generation and uh, most recently about Gen X. And today, we'll discuss Gen Y, the youngest workers now entering the workplace uh, seemingly in mass. Tammy will share how this wired generation with a fresh perspective, motivation, and willingness to take tasks, to take risks, is positioned to make a unique contribution in the world of work. Listeners of Gen Y, as well as everyone else, will learn what makes this generation unique and how it affects their career and work relationships. Stay tuned to be informed about this dynamic talent pool. Well, let me uh, begin uh, to by reminding you of our seven free videos on how to get a better job for a better life and if you will go to www.betterjobbetterlife.com, you will access these seven free videos. Uh, to remind you of uh, Tamara Erickson's background, she's a McKinsey Award-winning author and widely respected expert on collaboration and innovation. Um, she has built a talent in, in um, enhancing productivity and also has re- um, consulted on the nature of work in the intelligent economy. She has recently named one of the 50 most um, influential living management thinkers in the world by Thinkers 50. Her work is based on extensive research on the changing workforce and employee values and on how successful organizations innovate through collaboration. Tammy is Managing Director of Engenera Collaboration Services and President of the Engenera Innovation Network. Welcome again, Tammy. Thank you. It's fun to be back with you both. Excellent. Well, to establish the foundation for our discussion today, who do you see as belonging to Generation Y, and what are their personal characteristics and traits uh, that they share? Um, I define Gen Y as uh, people born between 1980 and 1995, so they're essentially 15 to about 30 today. And as you, your listeners may remember, a lot of the formative characteristics of any generation are shaped when the generation is about 11 to 14. And so when you try to understand a generation, it's important to ask yourself, what were we talking about when that generation was of that age? So in Gen Y's case, my question would be, uh, essentially, what was the major topic of adult conversation over the past decade? 
um, setting aside the last couple of years. And I think pretty much without question, most people would agree that it was terrorism. Um, adults have been focused for the last decade on terrorism, whether that's uh, school violence, uh, Columbine, <clears throat> uh, uh, or issues like 9-11, the Iraq War, of course, fought in service to terrorism, etc. But that's been the major theme running through most adult conversations. And <clears throat> terrorism has a particularly unique characteristic, which is that it's random. You can't predict obviously by its very nature, when and where it's going to happen or to whom it will happen. And that randomness has become a very integral part of Gen Y's mental model. Uh, most Gen Y's are very eager to live life fully today, which is a logical, I would argue, response to living in a world where tomorrow is pretty unpredictable. Um, and so we look at them with older eyes and say, oh, they're impatient. They want, they want everything today. Well, that's kind of our twist on what is their reality. Their reality is they want to make sure what they're doing today is meaningful and challenging and to the extent possible enjoyable. They want to live every day to the fullest. Well, there's no question about that, and uh, we have the privilege to work with some of these young folks, um, especially with the college grads as they come through our um, uh, seminars on job job search, and we've noticed those same characteristics, and we've also had the opportunity to work with some of them on a contract basis, and um, they, they are definitely focused on uh, how they can achieve in the short term and how they can grow sometimes a little unrealistic, but what I liked about uh, Plugged In, your book, uh, Tammy, is that you're very, very um, uh, practical in your approach and giving them some skills and some some resources that they can use to help them focus their campaign uh, if they're looking for a job or how they can grow within a company. So we'll be talking about some of those features and recommendations today. Last time you were with us, uh, you talked about the looming talent gap in organizations, and in spite of the recession, uh, we still see companies um, that are having a struggle finding talent that are are well-trained. How uh, is Gen Y positioned to provide the talent uh, that companies will be looking for? Well, um, not not fully, I guess, would be the best answer. Um, <clears throat> we expect that uh, about 30, maybe as high as 35% of Gen Ys will get a college education. Um, if companies didn't grow at all, if there was no growth whatsoever, um, and boomers retired, Ys could just about fill all the slots. Um, but there's not enough upside capacity in the Y generation to provide for growth. And that's, I think, the reason that we see some of the talent crunch. Um, the other is that we simply haven't increased the percentage of our young people who are getting college degrees at the same rate that we've increased jobs that would like to have employees with college uh, education. So there's a bit of a mismatch showing up with Gen Y. How do you think we can uh, impact that desire for our young people to, to get that college education? <clears throat> oh, it's such a complicated issue from my discussions with them, and you've probably seen some of the same, Cheryl. 
is that <clears throat> some of it is they simply don't feel that the college degree, the college educations are necessarily relevant. And we, we get into a funny um, kind of vicious circle where kids are able to find jobs uh, the, without the college degree. And so the college degree, in a sense, gets devalued because they can begin to find jobs. I'll give you one interesting example is my own son was offered a full-time job um, when he was a junior in college if he would agree to drop out. Mm-hmm. And, you know, from his logic and from the company's logic, they saw no reason for him to finish up those extra English credits or whatever it was that he needed in order to get the degree. They weren't interested in the degree on paper. Um, they wanted the skill that he had, and as far as they were concerned, he already had plenty of the skill that was necessary. So that kind of thinking of, you know, am I getting the tangible skill or am I getting a degree on paper is one that I think wise are particularly um, thinking hard about in making those decisions. Tammy, one of the things that um, we uh, find, of course, we're in Houston and here we have... Uh, oil and gas jobs, we have um, many manufacturing jobs, we have, of course, the crisis in the Gulf with uh, the spill, and it's fascinating to see how here we have um, a huge mismatch, which is really what you're talking about, between uh, jobs are available, but the talent isn't there, and people who are available that have sometimes skills and abilities and aren't necessary because those jobs have gone away. Are you finding that uh, elsewhere around the country and around the world? Very much so, Ken. It's a, it's a, I think one of the most serious issues that we face um, as we think about both our country's recovery and more broadly in, in many developed countries is that the jobs that are being created um, <clears throat> are ones that require a different set of skills than the population that exists. And the jobs that have gone away in, in many cases are not coming back that That's will right. match the skills people have. Exactly. Well, I think you do a really nice job in the book, uh, uh, Tammy, to help people uh, direct their um, their goals, and you know whether that's for getting an education or for directing their career, to be able to get a good match so that they are properly developing the right skills that fit their preferences and interests and so forth. And we've found that to be so critical uh, to help people stay on the right track and to continue to develop. Uh, I had an assessment uh, feedback here recently with a man who was, I think he's more like Generation X, but he had been in banking for a number of years, discovered that he didn't really like it very much. So he had this, you know, tremendous degree, very intelligent. Now he's working in a manufacturing environment uh, and thinking about for his future perhaps going into real estate investment. So uh, it's it's really challenging uh, to get people to focus on where those where that best fit is so that they're investing properly in their own career and that companies at the same time are seeing where they need to invest in their people so that they can uh, develop them for the future. Yeah, you're so right. One of the things that I suggest is that, they, is that you try to think about the actual underlying activity uh, that you enjoy the most. I mean, is it actually making something with your hands? Is it seeing a finished product? Uh, 
what is it about the tempo or rhythm or nature of the work? And then once you've gotten clear about that, it becomes a little easier to think, well, what careers would offer me those possibilities? Tammy, one of the things that uh, recently um, I, I learned of uh, through Hannity, which, of course, is a Fox show, uh, Hannity had on two authors that wrote, um, that basically had a movie, which is becoming a documentary, called Generation Zero. Have you heard of it? I haven't, no. Okay. Basically, it's an extraordinarily depressing scenario because it talks about the huge debt that we have, not only in our country, but globally. And what it addresses is, is how we're in such difficulty simply because we're spending like crazy and the jobs are going away and the future is very bleak and my interest is in your talking to Generation Y and and they have to be very concerned about this in terms of jobs going away and what does the future hold and here we are uh, those that are going to be inheriting these trillions of dollars in debt. Well I think uh you know, first of all, I found certainly from my work that Gen Y in a whole is a pretty optimistic generation. So right. I think they have uh, uh, at least ambitions that, that they're going to be able to to find a way forward that will be positive. The other thing that I, and I tend to be an optimist, and one, one thing I would put on the table that often isn't brought up into these conversations is a lot of them assume that boomers are going to do nothing during their reti- so-called retirement years rather, other than draw uh, down public money. And I think that's a very unrealistic assumption. I think boomers actually will make a great contribution to the economy and because I think they'll remain active in maybe entrepreneurial ways, et cetera. And I don't think we really have factored in what that upside potential from boomer productivity during their 60s, 70s, and 80s and so forth might even be. Well, certainly uh, the boomers and Gen Y are very closely uh, aligned in, in many ways that we'll talk about in the next segment. We're going to take a little break here uh, when we return We'll explore more on Tammy's insight for the keys for Gen Y's career success. So stay tuned. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you dissatisfied with your current job or not earning what you need or deserve? If you're looking for a better job with better pay to enjoy a better life, go to BetterJobBetterLife.com and get our seven free videos that will jumpstart your future starting today. We'll teach you how to create a cycle of success with the right mindset and plan of action. Get the interview you want with a world-class resume. Make your references work for you and beat the competition. Network your way into the hidden job market for better jobs and faster placement. Research more effectively. The key to more job leads, stronger interviews, and higher pay. 
Turn your interview into an offer-winning performance. Get the money now by negotiating from strength. Thousands have successfully used our proven techniques to make their dream job or career a reality. So grab our seven free videos that will transform your career. Go to BetterJobBetterLife.com. Income Property Investment Talk with Peter Mosca and Dean Issa provides homeowners and investors eager to invest well in real estate the knowledge, resources, and tools necessary to generate significant wealth. Our focus will be the paradigm. Live where you want. Invest where it makes the most sense. Listen live to the brightest minds in real estate investment every Wednesday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. That's Income Property Investment Talk with Peter Mosca and Dean Issa, where America learns to invest. Are you unhappy with your life? Looking to get unstuck from your rut? Are your fears of happiness, love, and success holding you back? You deserve a second chance. Tune in to Second Chances with Susan Armstrong. Each show will help you find your inner success. Whether it's financial success, relationship success, or the happiness and freedom in your personal life. You'll hear from Susan and some of the most influential guests who are talking the talk and walking that walk. Second Chances airs live Wednesdays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Variety Channel. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. listening to total career success with ken and cheryl dawson do you have a question or comment for the host about today's show please send an email to tcs on air at tcsworldwide.com now back to the program welcome back ken and cheryl here with tammy erickson and we're talking about gen y today and uh, those are the age group 15 to 30 so they're just entering the workforce now and, uh, Tammy, at the last segment, you mentioned the boomers and how they're going to continue to work. Uh, talk a little bit about the relationship between the boomers and why, and also the premise of your book, Plugged In. Well, <clears throat> the, you know, wives were raised in a very child-centric world. Um, boomers tended to be very devoted parents in terms of uh, wanting the best for their children and so as a result, uh, a lot, interestingly, a lot of the activities that uh, families uh, engaged in when wives were young involved parents and kids doing things together. They tended to go to the movies together or go skiing together, but to participate in activities um, as a unit. And the result of that is that Gen Y kids, now young adults, really like their parents, genuinely like their parents. Um, in fact, in lots of surveys where they're asked to name their heroes or role models, wives consistently name their mom and dad as number one and two on their list. So a very, very tight affection. And just to contrast that, um, <clears throat> when boomers were asked a similar set of questions back in uh, when they were teens, 1974, a survey was done, uh, 40% of boomers said they would be better off if they didn't have any parents. So we've gone from, you know, a generation that basically didn't want parents um, to one that is very, very close to their parents and admires them and, and likes them and so forth. 
So to compare the behaviors of, you know, what I did when I was a kid to what wives do in terms of relationship to their parents is, is just silly. I mean, they're so different in terms of the context that um, um, I think we're going to see some, you know, there's no generation gap. We see wives staying in touch with their parents. We see them consulting with their parents. And to interpret that as a sign of insecurity, I think, is completely unfair to the wise. It's simply a, a sign of affection and respect. Tammy, as, as it relates to um, uh, the kids and how they deal with the real world, how they, how they deal with the work environment, or how they deal with uh, their future, it obviously uh, says a lot about you know, the closeness and the parents and all the rest of it. Uh, you take perhaps a parent that's uh, overly protective, who is sometimes called a helicopter parent, <laughs> who's uh, you know hovering over the kids, and sometimes the kid is saying, "Hey, mom, hey, dad, I need some space." Uh, share your thoughts on that as it relates to uh, uh, your book, please. Well, you know, one of the points I I believe strongly based on my work about boomers is that it's a very competitive generation. Uh, boomers grew up in a world of scarcity, <clears throat> and the idea of competing is one that's very deeply embedded. And boomers have translated that that sense of kind of I got to be the best to their kids. And so I do think we see a lot of boomers who behave as helicopter parents. But it's important to remember that's more due to the boomer characteristic than it is the wise. And I think you said it perfectly, Ken. A lot of times the wise would love to have a little more space. So it's not that they're asking their parents to do that. It's that the parents are kind of inserting themselves into those roles. And um, also another uh, kind of dynamic of this uh, relationship is the technology. And with um, Gen Y just growing up on technology, how does that impact their ability uh, to build professional relationships, also given the strong, uh, you know, very familiar kind of relationships they have uh, with with their parents and, and others in that generation who, who, you know, in other senses would be uh, authorities? Well, <clears throat> wise trust authority. So they're comfortable around authority, and they're very comfortable around people their parents' age. Again, if you think about it, classic activities in many families, um, wise would have interacted with their parents' friends. Um, on a fairly regular basis. So interacting with adults uh, of that age is something that most are very comfortable with. The technology is an interesting feature, though, because, as you said, Cheryl, very very rightly, they're, they're really our first generation of unconsciously competent technology users, meaning that they are competent, but they don't really remember how they got to be so. They didn't consciously learn it. They just kind of woke up and found themselves doing it. And what happens when you're unconsciously competent about something is you tend to have, uh, <clears throat> you tend to invent new ways to use it. So if we're consciously learning something, we apply it to our existing models or frameworks. If you're unconsciously learning it, you just, you might do something totally new. And that's what wise do. And in, in great example of it is if you think about how, you know, maybe you and I would make, uh, would decide to get together for dinner, we would probably call each other, we'd call well in advance, and the important point is during our call, we would 
agree on a place and a time and so forth. In other words, we would make a plan. We would schedule. If a Y wanted to get together with a friend, chances are they would do it in the moment. They would text. But the important thing is what they would text. It would probably not be a schedule. What they would text is something like, where you? They would text a request for the other person's coordinates. And that person would text back their coordinates, you know, I'm at Joe's, whatever. And they would then begin a process of homing in on each other, almost like uh, using radar, until they happen to <laughs> arrive at the same place. But it would be through a very different mechanism. It's a mechanism of coordination instead of a mechanism of planning or scheduling. So <clears throat> that's where I see the technology showing up uh, most prominently in WISE is not that they don't accomplish in the end similar things, but they tend to do them through very different means. But, Tammy, that has to create enormous problems for corporations and companies that uh, all of a sudden uh, the company, in many respects, is running the company as they always have and, and haven't really changed, and yet the young workforce is coming in and literally revolutionizing the way work gets done in the company. Yeah, well, you know, if only, <laughs> in some ways I would say, Ken, you know, what, what, what I see most right now is just tremendous frustration because, of course, the older boss may say, you know, where's the schedule, where's the plan, uh, etc., and they get very frustrated that the wise don't seem to have things as buttoned down or, you know, necessarily as thought through as far in advance as we might. On the other hand, look at it from the wise perspective. I've talked to so many wise who said, <clears throat> who've relayed a story along these lines. You know, they come up with a great idea, they mention it to their boss, their boss's response is, hey, it's a great idea, I'll put it on the agenda for the next management team meeting, which is scheduled in three weeks. We'll be back to you in a month. And for wise, that's just jaw-dropping. I mean, they can't comprehend how you can run an organization when, you know, talking about a hot new idea is going to take you a month. Tell uh, me that that's precisely what I'm talking about. You know, that, you know, what drives me crazy is, you know, I'm of the old generation. I talk. I love to talk on the phone. I love to leave uh, voicemails, okay? Kids, they don't talk. I mean, they text, they email, and, and get them to get them try to return a call and it's amazing they almost uh live on their cell phones and text and email and then and managers and companies are saying what in the world is going on i just don't operate that way <laughs> that's right and so what i recommend to groups that are made up of multiple generations is that you have a pretty honest discussion about what norms you're going to use in the group because i don't think there's one that one is right and one is wrong but I do think you need to be clear about, for these types of issues, we're going to get together face-to-face. -to -face. And for these types of issues, we're all going to learn to text. So I think it has to be a bit of give and take on both sides. And you need to sort out what kinds of things you're going to talk about and what kinds of things you're all going to use texting or email to, to get across. I think that's an excellent idea, uh, Tammy, and, and one that... Um can certainly lessen the frustration for uh, both Gen Ys as, as well as, the, as their colleagues that they're working with and even their bosses 
What are some of the other key actions that you recommend for Gen Ys uh, that they take to ensure that they optimize their potential within within organizations? Well, this circle back, Cheryl, to a question you asked me that I actually didn't realize I didn't address, which is the naming of the book. Um, <clears throat> you know, I, I call the book Plugged In because my fundamental message to WISE is, is essentially one of don't give up on us. Uh, I think WISE have tremendous strengths and, and wonderful perspectives to bring to corporations. I also think it's important they recognize that what they're going to find when they get there, in, in most cases, um, is not going to be to their liking. It's, people are going to do things in ways that they think are silly or aren't necessarily making the best use of the technology. They may not understand why things are done the way they are. And so my message is, you know, basically plug in. Uh, you know, get involved in the system, figure it out, figure out why things are done the way they are, and make very constructive suggestions about how things could be done differently. Because in my mind, there's no question companies need to change. But for WISE just to come in and say, well, I don't like it, I'm leaving, doesn't really help get that change uh, to happen. So plug in and help us make the changes we need to make. Well, I think that's a win-win for both sides. Uh, they can begin to learn um, uh, the skills that they need to succeed and at the same time uh, begin to move organizations in the directions that will uh, secure their future growth. And uh, Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, well, we're going to take a little break here, and when we get back, we'll look at more options that are available to Gen Y for success in their careers. So stay tuned. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your questions. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you dissatisfied with your current job or not earning what you need or deserve? If you're looking for a better job with better pay to enjoy a better life, Go to BetterJobBetterLife.com and get our seven free videos that will jumpstart your future starting today. We'll teach you how to create a cycle of success with the right mindset and plan of action. Get the interview you want with a world-class resume. Make your references work for you and beat the competition. Network your way into the hidden job market for better jobs and faster placement. Research more effectively. The key to more job leads, stronger interviews, and higher pay. Turn your interview into an offer-winning performance. Get the money now by negotiating from strength. Thousands have successfully used our proven techniques to make their dream job or career a reality. So grab our seven free videos that will transform your career. Go to BetterJobBetterLife.com. Zoom Leadership. It's the big picture issues of the day, up close and personal capabilities of leadership, and a desirable future of constant renewal. Zoom Leadership. It's the economic crisis made clear, patterns and perspectives of leadership, and the importance of changing the way we pursue our future. Join host John Schmidt every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time. Zoom Leadership. An inside look at what's really going on in business, government, and civil society. Tune in every week on the Voice America Business Channel. 
It's always 5 o'clock somewhere. Thursdays at 5 Eastern Time, be sure to tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel for Cocktails for Everyone with host Catherine Santon Ship. Catherine will take you behind the scenes of your favorite beer, wine, and spirit brands, the people that create them, and the restaurants that serve them. The program will keep you on the pulse of the beverage industry and may even keep you a step ahead of the bartender. Cocktails for Everyone airs live Thursdays at 5 Eastern Time. That's 2 Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com. Listening to Total Career Success with Ken and Cheryl Dawson. Do you have a question or comment for the hosts about today's show? Please send an email to TCS on air at TCSWorldwide.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back. Ken and Cheryl here with Tammy Erickson, workplace consultant, and today we're talking about plugged in. And Tammy, appreciate uh, your point that uh, really these this young um, generation uh, needs to um, you know, needs to get close to uh, others in the organization to better understand how things work and how they can become part of the culture before they try to change it. And we're we're so much uh, bombarded uh, every day, television and uh, email and and in every other sense with the global economy and how uh, real it is and. Um, how small the world has become. Uh, share with us your perceptions about Gen Y around the world and how it's impacting uh, organizations and their ability to fill their talent needs. Well, a couple comments. One is um, <clears throat> with each generation, I think we see more similarities uh, around the world. So Gen Y uh, in China and India and so forth, shares more characteristics in common with Gen Ys in Europe and America than did, say, their parents' generation, which tended to be quite different. So as we become more global, our generations also become more global. So as a result, we see that same sense of immediacy, that, that wanting to live life fully today in Gen Y in India and China, as well as, as we do in the States. I think one of the important differences is that in those countries, um, today's economy or <clears throat> represents, for many wise, their first opportunity to really have that big bite of the pie, if you will, to, to have that economic uh, return. They're not as, they didn't grow up with the kind of affluence that some wise did in the United States. So they're also very eager for the monetary rewards, and that makes it quite difficult. Now, the reality, even though we have, uh, you know, all the <clears throat> headlines about the number of graduates is that both of those countries are experiencing to some extent, as they come out of the recession, uh, the same kind of paradoxical talent shortage that we see here in the U.S. In other words, there are skill sets that are very short there. Um, <clears throat> and, of course, they continue, they have unemployment in other areas. So they also are wrestling with this duality of scarcity and, and uh, shortage. And the result of the scarcity is that working conditions are under a lot of pressure, particularly in China. There have been, as, as many of your listeners probably know, a number of strikes and, and labor unrest in China where workers who have scarce skills are pushing hard 
to create a new kind of employment arrangement um, with their corporations. What's interesting, too, is the fact that uh, the country uh, has really backed off. Uh, it's not too long ago, as you'll remember, when they would have cracked down and cracked down hard. Uh, we all remember the gentleman in front of the tank uh, in Tiananmen Square. And and so, I mean, the the culture of the country and the way they are dealing with these kids is, is fascinating as well. It is. It really is. Well, you mentioned, too, uh, Tammy, that... Um, uh, you know, entrepreneurship seems to be coming to the fore much strongly than in previous generations, and that's something that's creating a lot of opportunity for boomers as well. How do uh, Gen, Gen Y respond to entrepreneurship, and will there be a tug and, um, you know, pull for um, their direction in terms of going into organizations or doing their own thing? Well... <clears throat> The, the, you know, it's very mixed. I certainly talked with a number of wives who were um, happy to go into corporations. Interestingly, in many cases, corporations that their parents uh, had perhaps been associated with or brands that they had known for some period of time. So there's, uh, there are people who find that to be very, uh, very appealing. But there also is a very strong undercurrent of entrepreneurship, and particularly as the technology environment allows us to essentially operate as independent contractors, I think more and more wives are looking at ways to stake out a life that, that has that sense of independence and, um, you know, perhaps rely more on online reputation to get work, et cetera. And Google is a good example of exactly what you're saying. Uh, Google, is, we all know, uh, has had huge problems with uh, the censorship issue in China. Mm-hmm. And now they appear to have hopefully worked it out, and there's probably a very tentative agreement and tentative arrangement. But uh, who knows where that's going to go in the future. A lot of, lot of question marks out there, that's for sure. Well, one of the concerns of many employers, uh, and uh, certainly it, it impacts the ability to, to fill that talent gap, uh, is the, the factor of disengagement. And um, if you've got this um, you know, desire um, for immediate contribution and the independence that, that often goes with um, you know, being your own person, uh, how will that impact the uh, challenge of organizations to engage uh, Gen Y? And what are some of the c- things they can do to ensure that, that they don't lose, um, you know, Gen Y to go off to the next contract? Oh, that's a really important one and a huge problem, I would say. You know, our, our, if you think about our traditional career ladders in companies, um, they're just not set up to match with Gen Y's preferences. Um, in fact, I can remember in, when I was uh, starting out, we actually had a term we called people bag carriers. We would say you had to carry the bag for yeah. some period of time, you know, before you could move into something of more responsibility. Well, well why do you find that a silly, silly, silly notion? <laughs> and um, so companies need to step back and think about how they can make those entry-level jobs um, a little bit more independent, a little bit more challenging, 
and yet within the boundaries, obviously, of not putting people in over their heads so that they fail. A couple of specific suggestions are, you know, try to err on the side of letting people figure things out. So don't over-specify even those entry-level jobs. In fact, if you can, what I recommend is tell the person very clearly what the output needs to comprise and give them the names of three or four people in the company who have done that task or similar tasks in the past and tell them to go check with those people when they need help or when they have questions. That's the kind of feel of a task construct that WISE really enjoy. They like to figure it out. They like to go ask when they need help, not kind of be given a you know five-day lecture before they even get started. Um, so the more you can structure those early tasks in that way, uh, I think the, the more attractive they'll be to WISE. But Tammy, you know, from an organization's perspective or the individual manager, you know, it, it creates such a huge problem in just in terms of performance appraisal. How do you measure a person's performance or potential? I mean, I can think back as you can, the days when we had succession planning and manpower planning and we had this chart on the wall and it seems like so much of that is now thrown out the window because you just don't have the same criteria to use to measure a person's performance or potential. Yeah, it's a great point. Uh, it's totally different, isn't it? In fact, um, I would argue even the word uh, feedback it has uh, completely different meanings to different generations. You know, if I say to, to you, I'd like to give you some feedback, uh, the chances are that didn't strike joy in your heart. Uh, in fact, it probably caused a little pit to begin to form in your stomach or something. Uh, the word feedback for, for boomers and, and traditionalists and so forth tends to have a meaning of judgment or assessment. It, it, it implies someone in a hierarchical position is going to render uh, a judgment about how well I did something. So we have these situations in companies today where wise go up to boomers, let's say, and say, give me some feedback. And the boomer is mystified as to why this kid is asking for feedback and, you know, tries to shake them off and then finally feels they need to sit down and do something. So they sit down and give them some critique and the why is then disappointed. The reason is that for, for WISE, the word feedback actually is a lot closer to teaching. What they're asking you to do is to teach them, to give them a tip, to tell them a way they could do it better in the future. And so you're right, Ken, that it makes it a lot harder on line managers. In fact, line you know management becomes much more about teaching than it does about assessing. And that's a very time-consuming activity. Um, it probably, uh, you know, portends some kind of change in the structure of work groups because we're, you know, as we we get more people in who are these what I would call uh, learn a little, do a little. They like to, you know, kind of learn as they go along. Uh, you need to have more opportunities to provide teaching and coaching and tips and mentoring along the way, as opposed to a formal, every six months I'm going to sit down and give you a written assessment uh, approach. So, Tammy, share with our listeners uh, the, the why assessment process, okay? What is it they're looking for? How does it occur? What is it managers need to do in terms to properly assess a wise performance? 
Well, I think they need to um, <clears throat> they need to determine whether the uh, product produced, the output produced, was uh, of a quality and timeliness as needed by the organization. And I think that's what wise respect. You know, is the nature of my work. Uh, did it meet the standards? Um, I think you know comments about you came in late and and so forth. Unless those are directly relevant on the on the nature of the work produced, are things that they identify with much less. I mean, they're they're much more oriented around what I call task, not time. Is the task right rather than you know how did I go about doing it? Uh, I think that's excellent, and and that's good uh, for the you know X and, and Boomer generations to appreciate because Y is coming at solutions in such a different way. Mainly, number one, thinking about the technological way they can succeed, that they can accomplish something uh, sometimes more quickly, with uh, maybe even a better result if they're left to their creative design. Well, we're going to yeah, it's really to... true. I, you know, I've had some very interesting anecdotal evidence, Cheryl, of uh, where wives have done tasks remarkably faster than uh, than older generations accomplish them. Okay. Well, we're going to have to take another break here, but we want you to stay tuned for more insights on Generation Y. We'll be right back. Opinion. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you dissatisfied with your current job or not earning what you need or deserve? If you're looking for a better job with better pay to enjoy a better life, go to BetterJobBetterLife.com and get our seven free videos that will jumpstart your future starting today. We'll teach you how to create a cycle of success with the right mindset and plan of action. Get the interview you want with a world-class resume. Make your references work for you and beat the competition. Network your way into the hidden job market for better jobs and faster placement. Research more effectively. The key to more job leads, stronger interviews, and higher pay. Turn your interview into an offer-winning performance. Get the money now by negotiating from strength. Thousands have successfully used our proven techniques to make their dream job or career a reality. So grab our seven free videos that will transform your career. Go to BetterJobBetterLife.com. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. listening to Total Career Success with Ken and Cheryl Dawson. Do you have a question or comment for the hosts about today's show? Please send an email to tcsonair at tcsworldwide.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back. Ken and Cheryl here with Tammy Erickson, and we've learned a lot about uh, Gen Y, uh, and the program has gone so quickly. Ken, I knew you wanted to bring up a Yeah, point. I'd really like to, Cheryl. Um, Tammy, one of the shows that I have seen I say shows, it's a movie. Uh, it's called Coach Carter. Samuel L. Jackson is the actor, and it's just an excellent show. 
it talks about a high school coach who comes in, but he insists on uh, excellence on the basketball floor, but he insists on excellence in the classroom and the discipline required and all the rest of it and how these kids are really rebelling against him and they just all jump on board and they win games and they all, or most of them, excel academically. And it's fascinating because it's wise we're talking about. But the beauty of this is it ties into the military. The Army has sponsored this, and they jump in with uh, talking about the Y generation and the Army and the military and how it's critical that they still have discipline and respect and all the things that we traditionally have had. Your thoughts on that? Well, I think it gets back to the plugged-in idea that you absolutely need to understand the norms of the organization you're joining in order to be successful. Sounds like a good movie, Ken. It is. It's an excellent movie, and uh, and the military loves it because it ties in exactly with their training and discipline and all the other parts of it. Cheryl? You made a great point uh, in the last segment, too, Tammy, about the importance of um, providing the Generation Y with teachable moments, and to do that as they go along and as they're um, performing and, and completing their tasks and um, and providing uh, ways that they can be mentored and learn from the other generations. And you spend uh, several chapters in the book with the critical skills of writing and financial, um, financial skills. Why do you do that, and why is that so important for Gen Y to appreciate? Well, <clears throat> you know, as you know from reading the book, Cheryl, I, I'm pretty uh, fond of Gen Y, and I do think they have wonderful things to bring, and uh, that we can all learn from them. But the two areas where I think are non-negotiable, really, is that in order to create change in an organization, you have to be able to write well and you have to understand how to speak the language of finance. And those are the two that I really emphasize. Um, wise have a bad rap, um, in some cases well-deserved, for not writing well. And clear written communication is essential for making your point effectively within a corporation. So they've got to master that. And the financial is actually something that everybody needs to be better at, I think. Um, I don't know that that's a why thing in particular. I certainly find Xers and Boomers who aren't as good at it as they should be. But the reality is companies run based on return on investment. And if you want to make a suggestion, you need to be able to articulate how that suggestion is going to have a positive economic impact on the business. That's excellent. And you devote the last chapter uh, in the book to interpersonal skills, and we certainly emphasize both the qualities and the skills in job search and tonal system as well the positive thinking, the taking initiative, and turning lessons uh, or even mistakes into opportunities. How can development of these qualities propel Generation Y in their careers? Well, they're such, uh, they're such important elements, aren't they, of uh, what, what really makes someone successful. I was reading a quote just this morning talking about how, you know, intelligence is nice and so forth, but it's those emotional intelligence, the persistence and flexibility and so forth that end up separating those who are really successful from those who are only marginally so. Um, so I did think it was important to end on that note of uh, kind of the, the emotional side that, that wives need to put in as well. Tammy, we 
uh, going back to job search the total system, uh, we continue to uh, attempt to relate to uh, the boomers on one side all the way down to X's and Y's and whatever generation is coming down. Uh, but the point you just made is absolutely excellent, and that is that companies still have to be profitable. As we look at our global economy, we look at all the problems we're having in debt with all the rest of it, uh, profitability is going to be critical across the board, not only for countries, but corporations and individual families. And that, again, is something that I think generation-wise really need to know and learn relative to finance and how it uh, impacts bottom lines of companies. Well, I completely agree with that. I mean, as we all, as we know, you know, going into an organization and saying, let's do it differently because I don't like it this way, um, is not going to get you very far. On the other hand, if you can say, let's do it differently because if we do, we're going to save time, money, add quality, whatever, um, you really are much more likely to, to win the day in terms of making your case. But the, um, um, I'm sorry, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, you know, I, I've had the pleasure of reading your book, and I think it, it is a fantastic uh, uh, tool for wise exes and boomers, for anybody really who's um, looking for a job, because you've brought such a rich amount of information together in one place. I mean, it's almost a one-stop shop for, <laughs> you know, uh, websites that would be useful and uh, resources you should go to and questions you should ask yourself. So it's a, it's a really helpful, I think, uh, tool for anybody who's looking for a job and certainly for Gen Ys uh, to put all those pieces together. Thank you so much for that. Just to kind of build on that a little bit, um, uh, working harder, smarter, longer is one of the things we talk a lot about, and I'm sure wives have a real problem with that. But I'm sure they have to be concerned with their future and how they're going to impact the future and how they're going to have input into uh, the global economy because they don't want to be saddled with trillions of dollars in debt and they have significant input into making sure they're not. So I believe they have a huge amount of input into profitability in families, companies, corporations, and countries as it relates to their future. Well, I think that's true, and I, I, you know, I think, um, you know, one of the real issues that we have today is that so much of the government's budget, at least, is uh, essentially fixed. It's associated with uh, programs that are built into the budget. Exactly. I think, you know, one of the things that um, that will be interesting over the years ahead is to see how uh, X's and Y's um, feel about some of the programs associated with older Americans, um, <clears throat> because I do think most wise imagine that they're going to be working all of their lives. They don't anticipate retirement. And so the whole notion of paying for uh, my retirement, for example, is something that um, they may not be very supportive of. It will be interesting to see. Well, and another thing that we've done, uh, Tammy, to help uh, Gen Y relate to some of the things that will help to enhance their careers in the total system is that we've put everything online. So in a sense, we've made each of the steps in the process uh, just in time, if you will, <laughs> so that if someone is in a job search, they can look at how can they enhance their, uh, their use of technology for job search, 
uh, whether they're using uh, their Facebook or their LinkedIn, and how they can optimize um, building relationships not just with their own generation, but with the boomers that can be so helpful with their networking and, of course, the Gen Xers as well. Um, and I know that you've developed some tools that they can use, especially in the area of assessment. Uh, and uh, aren't some of those online as well, Tammy, for you? Yes, absolutely. I mean, smart of you to do that. And the tools from Plugged In are available online. They're on my website, which is uh, TammyErickson.com. Um, so very much available. And, and, you know, it seems to me, Cheryl, I don't know if you, you and Ken would agree, but that in, in a sense our two books are, are almost, uh, you know, back-to-back on the issues that they cover because a lot of mine deals with getting inside yourself and trying to figure out what you like and then trying to figure out whether the company you're interviewing with, et cetera, is, going, is likely to meet you know, to, to fit with what it is that you're looking for, whereas you're looking largely outward in terms of how do I do it well, how do I make a great impression, how do I get this job now that I've decided I like it. Well, that's what we call linkage, and that's a great um, uh, point to end on. We really appreciate uh, your input on Gen Y today, Tammy, and the entire trilogy uh, series. If our listeners today did not hear the previous one, everything is available on archive. We encourage you to go uh, to the Voice America website or to the TCS blog for access to that. And don't forget the uh, videos at www.betterjobbetterlife.com. Thank you very much, Tammy, for being with us. Thank you both. Thank you, Tammy. Take care of yourself. All right. Bye Have now. Have a great trip to China. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks again for joining us this week on Total Career Success with Ken and Cheryl Dawson. Remember to join us again next Monday at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific, here on the Voice America Variety Channel.